0: Good morning, good afternoon, and good evening. Welcome to Genesee Valley Church's online podcast. GBC is a non-denominational church in Flint, Michigan, and our mission is simple, to love God, love people, and love life. I know that you will be blessed by the message and the words that God has for you today. Now, here's Pastor Tony. Man, praise God. Well, God is good, isn't he? Amen. I love that song that uh, we did at the very end there. Do what you're famous for. You shut the mouth of lions. What was the, li- the second line? Shut the mouth of lions. Bring dry bones, Bring b- bright dry bones uh, to life again. Do what you're famous for. And, and just as my wife got up and she began to exhort just that place and that presence of knowing him. It, you know, isn't it interesting how people can, can s- search out celebrity and say, hey, they put it on their Facebook post. Look, I'm standing with so-and-so. You know, I, I got to hang out or I got an autograph or I got a selfie with. And we think it's something. And you don't know them from Adam. You don't know them and they don't know you. And for that matter, if you did know them, you'd probably embarrassed that you got a picture taken with them. Right? But you know what? The person that we can say that we know is the one That is the creator of the universe. He is the one that split the sea. He is the one that conquers the giants. He is the one that that makes a way in the wilderness. He is the way maker, the miracle worker. He is the one in which we know. And the more you begin to stir yourself up in knowing who he is, man, I'm telling you what, it causes you to have such a confidence, but also just an excitement that I know him. And the more you know him, the less you'll be embarrassed or bashful to talk about him. I just don't talk about Jesus. Listen, if you know Jesus, you can't help but talk about him. Man, I tell you what, my kids, I love my kids. Give me an opportunity. In fact, I was just talking with a pastor friend, oh, just a couple weeks ago, and I was talking about some different things, and I started to talk about my kids. I was talking about my wife, and I was telling my wife this story. I said, I was sharing some things about my wife, and I started talking about my kids, and I started crying as I started talking about my kids. And then I told my wife that, and she says, well, that's nice. You didn't cry when you talked about me, but you cried when you talked about your kids. (laughs) I've been with you longer, baby. (laughs) My point is this, is that, man, I love my kids, and I love talking about them, and they move my heart when I start to talk about them. So how much more Jesus when we know him? Oh, he's so good, isn't he? Amen. He is a good, good God. Amen. Well, praise the Lord. Are you ready to hear the Word of God? Because that's what we're here for. Amen. You realize that the worship puts us in a position of coming together and being in one accord. But you see, the worship begins to elevate us and take us to a place of being ready to receive. Remember, I said just as we took up the offering, there is the sowing or the giving, and then there's also the reaping. And so as we come and we worship What we do is we give our worship to God, which puts us in a position to receive from God. And so when we come to hearing the word of God, we ought to have expectation that God is going to talk to me today. God's got something for me to hear today. And every time that you're not in church, and this isn't to put a guilt trip on you, but every time you're not at church or don't hear the message, you miss what God's wanting to say to you. Amen. Because God's got something that will change your life. Now, I don't know about you, but man, when God speaks, it, 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 begins to, it, it begins to engage my faith. And one of the things that the Lord said to us this past year, or this, the beginning of this year, said to me specifically, the Lord said to me, he said, this year, your joy shall be made full. Now, there's a whole lot of stuff that has transpired this year that you think, dear God, it sure don't look like my joy is going to be full. But how many of you know that the fat lady hadn't sang and this year is not over? Amen. There's still several weeks before this year is over of 2020. And therefore, 2020 means that you get to see perfectly as you ought to see. So that means that if this is the year to be able to see what I need to see, and God said that my joy shall be made full, then I haven't seen it come to its fullness yet. Amen. So listen, if you're a part of this church, that applies to you as well. God's saying that your joy is... Shall be made full. And so today, as we begin to share the Word of God, I I believe that God gave me a message that's going to help you in beginning to connect with that which God has for you this year. You realize that in this time, in this hour in which we're living, there are so many people that are desiring to experience peace in their life. And, and, you know, it's funny because every Sunday we come together and we, we make these statements of this time in which we're living. We say these are unprecedented times and we talk about just the, the difference of, of, of how things are. But the reality is, is that that is, is so true. We've never lived in a time like this. There are things that are transpiring that we've never experienced before. There are things unfolding in front of us that we've never come in contact with before. But yet, in the midst of it, people are desiring to experience peace. And when you think about that word peace, peace is such a simple word, isn't it? Peace. Even though it's such a simple word, the word itself carries so much weight. Think about it for a moment. In the middle of a storm, those that are experiencing the hurricanes down in the southern part of the United States, how many of you know that in the midst of the storms, as the rain is is coming down and the winds are beating against their their livelihoods, they're praying for and looking for and desiring to experience some peace, right? Right? In the midst of wars, as you see a war having its devastation upon nations and upon the people of those nations, people are crying out saying, God, we want some peace. The people of our nation on the West Coast, there are wildfires that are just running rampant. I think over in Colorado, they're saying these are the largest uh, wildfires that they've ever experienced before. People are losing their livelihood and they're praying for God, we just need some peace so that we can go back to the way things were. They're desiring peace. Obviously, these times in which we're living in, there's such a volatile political environment that we're, we're, we're living in. I mean, it, you can't turn around without somebody saying something bad about somebody. You know, in fact, my wife, she shared this with me this morning. You know, if you, if you watched any of your social uh, feeds, you know, Donald Trump, he went to a church last Sunday, and they had pictures of it. And so somebody said, oh man, President Trump gave hundreds of dollars into the offering, like it was a big deal or like it mattered to anybody. And then somebody else did a zoom up of his offering and says, no, it just looked like it was 20s. It looked like it was around $80. Whoop-de-doo. What if he didn't give nothing? What is it to you or what is it to me? But yet, there's such volatile times, and people are just looking to experience some peace for all the moms that are trying to juggle work and juggle homeschool, they're saying, God, I just need some peace. (laughs) Oh my, I love my wife. She's doing an amazing job. We all want some peace, right? And so there's the storms of life that we're looking to experience peace. But again, there's just the simplest things that bring about or produce peace. I mean, you you know, we just are are coming out of summer, but once again, you think about this past summer where you're able to go to the cottage and you were able to wake up with the sun rising over the water and you're sitting there on the deck with your cup of coffee and just hearing the birds chirp and the smell of the air and how peaceful that it is and how you just long to get away for the week just so that you could go and experience some peace. This past week, I was just able to go hunting and sitting out in the out in the middle of nowhere, in the middle of the woods, sitting in the blind, and you feel the calm breeze blowing across your face and just the, the rustling of the leaves and the trees. It's so peaceful and so tranquil, and there's so much that we are looking for to experience peace in this life. And so today, I'm going to tell you how you can have peace. Now, if you've been around here for any length of time, obviously, you know that I'm not a one of those motivational kind of preachers i'm not one that gets up here and tries to ramp you up and tries to get you shouting and get you on the edge of the seat i wish i was that kind of a guy i just i'm just not that good i wish i was one of those guys that you know uh could just speak so eloquently and just appeal to your senses and to your feelings and just get you like wow wasn't that a deep message but that's i'm not deep (laughs) praise the lord But one thing that I am is that I am a preacher of the Word of God. And I am a preacher that has been instructed to stir up and build the spirit of faith on the inside of you. Because the Word of God tells us that we are to walk by and to live by faith. And so at the end of the day if you come to this church one of the things that I'll know that if you hang around long enough your faith will grow your faith will increase you will come to know God and walk with him and therefore you will find that in this hour your joy will be made full and that you'll have peace that you've been looking for and desiring and you just might find that you've had it inside all along. You realize that peace isn't something that you stumble upon peace isn't something that you invent it's something, not something that you negotiate. It's not something, something or a feeling. But rather, peace is a person. Remember I said that I'm not a preacher that's going to try to stir you up and think, well, praise the Lord, that was good to hear. I think I got some more peace. No, I'm here to build your faith. And the Word of God tells us that if you're looking for peace, peace is not a feeling, it's not a thing, it's not something that you can discover. No, peace is a person. Now you say, well, how do you know that? Well, look at what it says here in Isaiah chapter 9, verse 6. It says, For unto us a child is born, unto us a son is given, and the government will be upon his shoulder. And his name will be called Wonderful, Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. Who does the word say that Jesus is? It's talking about the one that is coming, the one that was given. It was talking about the Messiah. Prophetically speaking of when Jesus would come. And the last thing that it describes him as or calls him to be is the Prince of Peace. So if you've received Jesus in your life, then you have received the Prince of Peace. If you've asked Jesus to come into your heart, then you have peace living and dwelling on the inside of you. In Galatians chapter 5 verse 22, it says that the fruit of the Spirit or the byproduct of who Jesus is, is love, joy, and peace. And so we're going to be primarily talking about peace this morning. But did you see that love and joy are connected to peace? Amen. So if you've got peace, how many of you know you can't go around with a sad, sap face? And praise the Lord, I just am full of peace. Right? No, you realize if you've got peace, there's a countenance that's on your face. It's connected with joy. Amen. But also... Love is tied right into it. And so therefore, we've got the Prince of Peace living on the inside. So many are looking for a substance to bring peace. Some are looking for a companion. Some are saying, I just need a vacation. And not that sabbaticals aren't important. They are. But we're looking to things or possessions to bring about peace. But if you have received Christ, you have peace. You have the Prince of Peace living on the inside of you. Now, to give you an example, hopefully this will bear out so that you can understand it. But let's just say for an an example, you're in a dark room. And you're saying, boy, I sure wish I had some light. And I said to you, well, here's a light bulb. And I place a light bulb in your hand and you're holding on to the light bulb. And you're thinking, well, what do I do with this? Well, if it's dark, there's your light. But you realize just because I got the light doesn't mean that it just works automatically, right? What do I got to do? I got to plug in the light bulb to a power source, but then there's also a light switch that I got to flip on, right? And so much like that example is us as believers, we've received Christ into our life. The Prince of Peace came and took up dwelling and residence on the inside of us. So we've got the peace, but we still walk around not being able to partake of it because we don't know how to tap into the power source or we don't know how to flip on the switch. All the while, I've got it in me. How many of you want to learn how to flip on the switch and tap into the power to receive your joy? Notice what it says here in 2 Timothy chapter 1. 2 Timothy chapter 1, starting in verse 7, it says, For God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power and love and soundness of mind. Praise God. Did you notice what it says? That God has not given us a spirit of fear. Why are so many people walking around without peace? It's because they are looking at their Condition their circumstance, their life as being hopeless or without a way of escape. There is an expectation of something that is bad or a fear of the unexpected. But God says, I've not given you a spirit of fear. He says, I've given you a spirit of <clears throat> power. Whoo, I've got the power. He says, I've given you a spirit not only of power, but of love and soundness of mind. So soundness of mind would be a mind that is at peace, right? Obviously, if your mind is tormented, you are not having peace. Because once again, you're thinking about all the woulda, coulda, shouldas. Has anybody lived life for any length of time with those woulda, coulda, shouldas? I'm telling you what, those are monkeys on your back that will weigh you down. And sometimes they're subtle. You don't realize that they've crept up and got on your back of, boy, I wish I woulda, I wish I coulda, I wish I shoulda. But you realize you can't take away or change the past, but you can make a difference or make a choice in today that will set the path or the course for tomorrow. Amen? And so once again, God has not given us a spirit of fear, but one of power of love and soundness of mind. So therefore, that tells us that peace begins with a choice. I have to choose whether or not I will walk in peace or whether I will not. Because peace is on the inside of me. Amen. You have to choose. Now, isn't it interesting how you might start to lean that way and say, well, yeah, I guess I have a right to have peace. But then the devil will come and sit on your shoulder and say, well, what makes you think you're qualified for peace? What makes you think that you're good enough? Don't you remember? Well, you remember what happened. You remember what happened so many years ago, and what happens? The enemy will come and try to talk you out of the peace that belongs to you. So therefore, peace begins with a choice. I must choose to walk in peace. And so many are looking to natural sources. They're looking to things. They're looking to substance. They're looking to something to give me peace. But the Word of God tells me that peace is a spiritual substance. Remember I said to you that I'm not going to be the motivational speaker that gets you all excited and feeling good because feelings will only last for a moment. But if I can get you to live a life of faith and understanding that peace is actually a spiritual substance that's available to you rather than something that you can buy, you can tap into what you already have. So how do I begin to exercise or how do I begin to have peace or put peace into motion? How do I get to have peace of mind? Well, number one, in order to have peace of mind, it comes, first of all, by renewing my mind. It comes by renewing my mind. So in order to renew my mind, I've got to tap into the power source that provides the peace. So how do I renew my mind? I want to read this uh, uh, from the Passions translation, because I just love the way it's uh, 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 stated. But in Romans chapter 12, starting in verse 2, notice what it says here. It says, stop imitating the ideals and the opinions of the culture around you. Have you noticed that the culture around us is trying to bombard you with opinions and habits of, uh, and ideals of a culture? Absolutely. In fact, they've tried to talk us in as being believers is that we're being selfish if we take a stand for what God's Word says. But it says this. It says, once again, Stop imitating the ideals and the opinions of the culture around you, but be inwardly transformed by the Holy Spirit, or one translation says the renewing of your mind, through the total reformation of how you think. Everybody say, how I think. It says... This will empower you to discern God's will as you live a beautiful life, satisfied and perfect in His eyes. Did you hear what those words said? It says that we can be transformed on the inside of how we think, and this empowers us to discern the will of God. How many of you know that we are living a life lacking is because we don't know what the will of God is? But the moment you begin to know the will of God, peace comes. You mean I don't have to be sick? Woo, that brings me peace. You mean I don't have to be poor? Oh, praise the Lord. I don't have to have lack of peace anymore. You mean I don't have to be lonely all my life? Woo, that brings me peace. In fact, I remember when I was a kid, I thought, dear God, don't make me marry anybody that's ugly. I don't want to marry somebody that's ugly, God. I want the perfect will of God for my life, but please don't let her be ugly. How many of you know, <laughs> Woo, praise the Lord, all the men say. But listen, you realize that God's going to give you the desires of your heart. And the desire you have in your heart is His desire that He put on you. So why in the world would we think that God's going to make us do something that we don't want to do? That means that God has His perfect plan and will established for you. And the moment we discover what that is, it brings peace. But to know His will is to know His Word. I've got to renew my mind. I've got a purpose to begin to cultivate a way of thinking that lines up with the way God thinks. Renewing my mind happens when I give God's Word first place to my life. Now, I want you to hear that because that is a heavy statement The renewing of my mind is when I purpose to give God's Word first place in my life. Why is that necessary? Because if it does not have first place in my life, something else will. And the Word of God is what begins to transform my thinking. Right? So I am going to agree with something. I am going to uh, uh, agree with the opinions and the ideals of the culture around me. If that's what I'm hearing the most of, or if I begin to discern and understand the will of God through His Word, then that is what I'm going to begin to agree with. What does that look like? That means that when a a circumstance presents itself against me, the first thing that comes up is what does God's Word say? Or you could say it this way, what is God's will? And oftentimes if you'll find that you know what the will of God is, you can say, no, that don't." They don't line up with the Word. But you have to renew your mind with the Word of God, either through reading or listening to or the preaching of the Word, so that your mind begins to line or agree with or align itself with the will of God. Are you tracking with me? So, for instance, there was an individual, that a uh, uh, family member, years ago. They were going through some things in their life. And they were sharing some things with me. And I said, well, you know what the Word of God says. And I proceeded to share the Word. Well, the reason I was sharing the Word was because as I shared what the Scripture says, it would allow them to engage their faith and hook up in opposition to what they were experiencing. And then they kind of pushed it to the side. And then they came back in their conversation again. I said, well, you know, the Word of God also says this. And they got angry at me and finally said, stop telling me what the Word says. Well, at that moment in time, I realized that I couldn't help the individual because they wanted to agree with the circumstances they were facing rather than understanding what the will of God was in that current situation. Does that make sense? So I've got to begin to renew my mind so that I think what God thinks or know what God's will is so that when I face opposition then I know what to agree with. For instance, we got this whole virus thing going on right now, and everybody says, aren't you afraid? No, I'm not afraid. Well, aren't you concerned? No, I'm not concerned. Well, what about your kids? My kids are covered. Well, what about your wife? You kiss your wife? Well, yeah, I kiss my wife. don't well, you... No, I'm not worried about her either. She's covered as well. Why? Because I know what God's Word says. Well, aren't you afraid about going to church and being around people? No, because I know what the Word of God says. The Bible says that if there's two there, it says that God's with us, that God's before us, who can be against us. Therefore, sickness and disease cannot rule in this place because we give God the glory. Amen. Amen. Well, don't you know that they're saying it's ramping up, it's getting bad, hospitals are filling up. I don't care what the hospitals are doing. I know what the church of God is doing. Is it filling up? Yeah, it's filling up, praise God. In fact, we're getting to the place where we just need to add more chairs, praise God, add multiple services because more people are coming, people are being blessed, people being saved, people being healed. Why? Because we serve a God that is faithful and we know the will of God. Rather than being afraid of saying, Well, don't you know what they're saying? Well, I don't care what they're saying. I know what he said. And therefore, I'm choosing right now, this day, who I will agree with. And therefore, either I will have lack of peace or I will have the peace of God. Amen. And so the Word of God renews your mind. And it gets easier the more you do it. Because you realize if it's just here and there... Well, you know what? It's been three weeks since I've been to church. And boy, that was a good message. Thank you, pastor. I appreciate that. But man, it's been a long time since I heard it. Well, you realize that in just a short amount of time, there's been a whole lot of stuff that has overwhelmed your believing or your faith. And therefore, it seems like it's it's an extreme hurdle to get over because you've been listening to and feeding on and hearing about all the junk. But man, when the word of God becomes first place, that becomes your... First reaction. That becomes your knee-jerk reaction. I got a bad report from the doctor. Well, what's the word say? Well, the bank called. What's the word say? You know what happened to the kids? The word says. Are you tracking with me? We've got to have our mind renewed. Amen. Number two. Number two. Peace is determined not only by your thoughts or how you think or by having your mind renewed, but it is also determined by your mouth, the words in which you speak. Because you see, the Word of God is the power to your peace, but your words is the light switch that engages or activates the peace in your life. Now, what do you mean by that? Well, in regards to the words in which you speak. Here's what the Word of God says. It says that there is power of life and death in the tongue. It says that you are snared or entrapped or entangled by the words that you speak. It says that we'll be judged by every idle word that comes out of our mouth. The Bible says that the tongue steers the ship and it steers our life. And Jesus said this, He says, you will have whatever things you say. So your thoughts will agree with something. And whatever your thoughts agree with is what your mouth or the words in which you speak will become or come out of your mouth. And therefore, whatever you say is what you will have. Amen? Today, you are living a life and an existence based on words that were spoken days gone by. Now, let me just give you an example of a couple different things. Because remember, we got to have our mind renewed. But think about it for a moment. You're, you're in a congested area. You're standing in line at the grocery store or wherever it is. You're standing in the bank line or there's just a number of people or maybe even in church. You're sitting next to somebody and rather than them being six feet of weight, they're sitting real close to you. And all of a sudden, they start sneezing or start coughing. Now, based on all the junk that we've heard, what starts going through your thoughts? the heck you doing cover up man what the heck you even come to church for if you're gonna be coughing and sneezing and what what's what's the matter with you right and then your thoughts start going I wonder you know why they kind of look like they were sick I wonder if they're sick right and then you go home because you gave place to the thought then you start thinking I don't know that I'm feeling that good and you start saying to your wife I don't feel good. I think I'm going to go to bed and take a nap. What do you do? Your thoughts gave way to something and your words began to speak and engage your faith of expectation. And therefore, you're wrestling with peace thinking, did I get something? Am I sick? Do I need to go get tested? Oh, dear God, am I going to die? I hope somebody's got a ventilator. Right? 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 You see how your thoughts and your words begin to agree with something? But if the word of God begins to be first place in my life, when the thought comes, it can be arrested by the words that I speak. No, I don't have to be afraid because I know greater is he that is in me than he that is in the world. I know that I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. I thank you that by his stripes I am healed. I know that God supplies all of my needs according to his riches and glory. Therefore, I don't lack health. I don't lack wealth. I don't lack anything in my life because my God is a faithful God. See, again, we can begin to declare the word of the Lord. And what does it do? It agrees with what God's will is for our life. Does that make sense? Now, let me give you an example just to help you understand. Because once again, we live this life and we can begin to say, you know what? I feel overwhelmed. I feel like I'm depressed. I feel like life is hopeless. I'm so stressed. I just need some substance to unwind or I just can't take it anymore. Okay, if you say so, you will have what you say. And what you say will either give you peace or rob the peace from you. Now, let me give you an example, because this is a spiritual. Y'all doing okay? It's Sunday, so you got the day off, right? So we're doing good. (laughs) All right, so what I'm sharing with you is a spiritual principle. This is not a psychological experiment. This is a spiritual principle. So here's something that I want you to do, is when I say go, I want you to count in your head silently from 1 to 20. When I say go, you start the count, one, two, three, in your head, not out loud. But when I raise my hand, keep the count going in your head, but out loud say, praise the Lord, but keep the count going. And then I'll raise my hand again, and you say out loud, praise the Lord. And we might do that two or three times. Got it? When I say go, you start counting in your head, one to 20. When I raise my hand, you say, praise the Lord, keep the count going in your head, though, okay? All right, here we go. Let's see how smart you are. All right, on your mark, get set, go. It's kind of quiet over here. I, did, <laughs> that's awesome. <laughs> that's awesome. It's kind of quiet on this side. Did, 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 did I explain it well? I just want to make sure I'm <laughs> messing with y'all. <laughs> All right, so you were counting in your head the thought, right? When you said out loud with your mouth, praise the Lord, what happened to the thought in your head or the count? It stopped. So it is a spiritual principle, it's the manner in how God made you, and the moment you engage your mouth, it will stop the thought. So if you're thinking incorrectly, then begin to say what God says, and it will arrest the negative or the wrong thought in your head and align you to agree with God. Amen. Now again, that's not a a scientific experiment. That is a spiritual principle in the way that God said, because Jesus said, you will have whatsoever things you say. Amen. You know, there's a particular individual of our family that, uh, that has gone through some challenges throughout her life. Multiple years back, she went through a divorce. She had a A hurt heart, just family issues. And so she has been very bitter, very hurt over the years. And therefore, as a result, for the last 30 years, she has been saying, God's going to vindicate me. I'm going to get mine. It's all going to come back. God's going to vindicate me. I'm going to take care of it and I'm going to be where I need to be. And so, therefore, this bitterness continued to govern her heart. And as we began to try to help her and steer her in the right direction, we would say, listen, that. That's not what God said and that violates God's word and what you're saying here. God can't do that because God said he he can't based on his word. And so we tried to steer her in the right direction but never would she listen. And her thoughts continued to take her down a path of resentment and bitterness to where she lived a life in isolation for the last 20 years. Just angry and bitter and alone. And then my wife was talking to her just At the beginning of this year, when we would try to talk to her in the past and say, listen, you're not thinking right. I know what I'm thinking and I'm thinking right. No, you're not thinking right. I know what I'm thinking. I'm thinking right. I'm under God. And so at the beginning of this year, when she is going through some hardships, she said, if this don't get turned around, this will cause me to lose my mind. And when she said that, my wife said something went off on the inside of her. Because bitterness and hurt and resentment had governed her life for the last 30 years. And finally, it had come to a climax where she said, I'm going to lose my mind. And now, she's in the hospital. She can't articulate. She cannot communicate. She don't know who you are. She barely knows how to eat. And when they're doing the studies, they can't find anything wrong in her mind. They said all the tests show like everything's fine. And we don't know why she seems to be beyond herself. But at the beginning of this year, she said, I'm going to lose my mind. Well, what gave place to that? It was the bitterness and the hurt. And so real quickly, I know I'm doing, going long on time or, or getting, getting toward the end here, so let me just wrap it up with this. Number three, peace is a byproduct of walking in love. If you say that you desire to have peace, you need to check up on the inside and see if you're walking in love or have bitterness or resentment towards somebody. Notice what the Bible says in Mark 11, 23. This kind of ties everything that we just shared. It says, For verily I say unto you, that whoever shall say unto this mountain, Be removed and be thou cast into the sea, and shall not doubt in his heart, but shall believe those things that, uh, which he says or saith shall come to pass, he shall have whatever he says. Therefore I say unto you, Whatsoever things you desire when you pray, believe that you receive them, and you shall have them. And when you stay pray, stand praying, forgive if you have ought against any it says to forgive it didn't say if you have aught against many it says if you have ought against any you might say but you don't know what they did you don't know what I have went through you don't know what I experienced do you realize that Whatever has happened in your past, it has not held that individual prisoner for the last however long. The lack of peace in your mind, the depression, the resentment, the bitterness, it's never hurt them. But it may have caused you to be enslaved to the event. They continue to have power over you based on something that has happened. And why you've been enslaved and been unable to continue to live a life of peace is because you have not chosen to forgive the ought. But you don't understand. Listen, it may have been horrible and terrible. But you have a choice. Peace is a choice. Let's stand. every head bowed and every eye closed I want you just to examine your heart right now peace is a choice and you can leave this place experiencing and having the peace of God because the prince of peace is on the inside of you now the word of God says to cast all of your cares upon him because he affectionately cares for you And so the way that you can leave here being full of peace is to cast that care. Maybe it's a face. Maybe it's a name. Maybe it's an event. Maybe it's something that you experienced. Right now you can choose to forgive and cast the care on Him. Now I want you to hear me. If you cast the care on Him that means not only the event but all the concern, the emotions, the feelings and the hurt goes with it. So don't think, well if I cast my care then I still have to carry the grief. No. Give it all to Him. And leave this place being free from the resentment, the hurt, the bitterness the experience of the past. Let's cast it on Him. Do you see it? Do you know it? Are you ready to be free from it? I'm going to lead you in a prayer and you just pray your own prayer to God and you give it to Him right now in this moment. Dear Heavenly Father, right now in the name of Jesus, we as your people, we come and say, God, we desire to walk in perfect peace. We thank you that you are the Prince of Peace that lives and dwells on the inside of us and so Peace is not something that is far from us. No, it is as close as the mention of your name. And so God, right now, whatever it is that has caused us to carry the cares and hold on to something that has enslaved us and bound us to a a, a life of unrest, right now, in Jesus' name, we surrender that hurt, that event, that offense, that person, and we cast the care of it on you. We give it to you 100%. We don't leave a little bit in reserve. We don't keep a little bit in our pocket. We don't keep a little bit in the back of a closet, a little bit underneath of the rug. No, right now, we sweep it from under the rug. We clean the closet. We clean and empty the cabinet. No, God, right now, every single bit we give to you right now. And God, right now, we take a step back. And therefore, we take a step away from that which we have just committed to you. And and as I look at my hands, God, I don't have it no more. I don't carry the care of it. God, my mind is free. My heart is full. And God, we thank you right now. We declare it with our words and our mouth that we receive the fullness of our peace in this hour and in this moment right now in Jesus name and everyone said amen amen (laughs) anybody feel lighter praise God now remember what you did right here because the devil is a liar and he'll come and he'll bring thoughts oh you thought you were free now remind them on this day in this hour I cast my care so I don't have it so just shut up amen send him on his way praise God amen well God bless you we love you we appreciate you remember this week we have life groups oh hey can I also just one last thing I forgot about this altogether don't don't disengage with me let's do one last thing before we go and after we do this I'll let you go this is a crucial time and a crucial hour in this nation's history there is a national prayer gathering that is taking place today at 5 o'clock I think uh, Franklin Graham is heading it up another one, uh, uh, Lynn Hammond she's heading up a prayer group and one of the things that we are purposing to do as a church at 6.30 all this week we're going to be praying for our nation so I just ask you, will you pray with us at your home, in your car let's pray for this nation and right now as a people, before we leave let's just pray for our, our nation in this election Can we do that? We'll keep it short and sweet. but It'll be a way to cap off this service. Father, in the name of Jesus, we as your church and your people, God, we give back our nation unto you. We thank you that your will shall be done in this nation. The right person will be elected. Lord, righteous order will be restored God we thank you that for the sake of your church you are responding to our prayers and we thank you God you are healing this nation there are polar opposites of those that are running different agendas and different uh, 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 criterias by which they're uh, uh, running and so God we thank you right now that that which is supporting you or that that which you support God you will see it come to pass and your will shall be done In Jesus' name, we thank you that this nation will vote and make their voice heard. In Jesus' mighty name, amen. Don't forget to subscribe to this podcast and take a look at all of our social media sites, which can be found at our website, gvchurch.tv. We know that today's message has been a blessing to you. Thanks for listening. We are Genesee Valley Church. Loving God, loving people, and loving life.